This episode contains depictions of violence that some may find triggering or disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Hi from Gavin. You guys are lucky. This listener's episode is super special. Thank you for gracing us with your presence, Gav. He's just next to me on his PS. Uh, welcome to the New Witches, everyone. Again. This is Listener Stories 16. Yay. Can you it's believe? It's a big one. <laughs> She's 16. She's ready to drive. Sweet 16. She's getting a little rebellious. She's rolling her eyes at her parents. It's great. Good times. Can't wait to leave the house. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and according to Ariel, um, she's not a kid anymore. <laughs> Do you remember that when she's like, I'm, I'm 16. 16. <laughs> I'm not a child. <laughs> you are you're like an infant (laughs) very much a child yeah i'm almost 30 and i still feel like a kid sometimes i'm like what i don't think i'm an adult i'm 34 and i made uh bean and cheese burritos for dinner Ooh, yummy quite yummy but it was i wanted (laughs) i wanted to feel like a kid having taco bell so you know yeah and last night we made um grilled cheese with tomato soup oh god i just bought stuff to make that last night i didn't make it last night i didn't make it i bought it that's one of our favorite dinners to have here um we always yeah and we always get this um if you go to safeway y'all or if it's like a vons or whatever is equivalent um for us here in california it's safeway but uh they have their like signature soup thing and it's their basil tomato bisque oh Mm. the best tomato soup i've ever had so yummy super super good well now that you guys are hungry um (laughs) let's read some some stories well i guess we should catch up yeah too so how you doing (laughs) how you doing well thank you (laughs) um i yeah i'm doing I don't even know, to be honest. I feel like I think it was very appropriate that the other day was Mental Health Day. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I've been writing that, and um, like things aren't bad, but just like focusing on day to day. Yeah. So it's been yeah yeah yeah. Well, that's good. Got to, to play with my new my new mm-hmm. bow yesterday, so that was really fun. I saw that on your Instagram. I didn't even know yeah. you guys had like an archery set set up. Yeah. Um, Graham's always had a compound bow. And oh. then I had like your traditional bow. Mm-hmm. Um, but for my birthday, he got me my own compound bow because he also got himself a very, very expensive <laughs> one as well. He intends to go hunting. Um, oh. I do not. I don't have okay. that in me. He doesn't. I mean... He doesn't, but he does. We're both former vegans. So. 
<laughs> the idea of killing something isn't oh, really... really he used to be vegan too dude his shins in big bold letters say meat free <laughs> and now <laughs> yes yeah but i think his, for him it's more he wants to hunt so that he's in charge of the food like the meat yeah versus like you know, the closest we can get is going to like a butcher shop and, you know, buying local meats, things like that. Mm-hmm. That's his, his way of trying to be ethical about it. But now he wants to go hunt his own. Yeah, um, I definitely love that you guys are mindful of that. Um, I know there's a lot of very intense vegans out there that are, you know, vehemently yeah. saying like, if you eat meat no matter what, you're an animal abuser. And I hear you. I'm not always mindful of my meat purchases, but I try to be. And I, you know, I'm going to eat my meat and I'm going to buy it from people who I know are raising it well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I'm also biased because I used to work on a farm, on a ranch that literally raised ethical meat. Um, But... Yeah, that's that's cool. I'm I don't have it in me either to ever go out hunting. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I mean I've processed chickens and that's about as close as I'll ever get to hunting or you know, doing any of that. Yeah. But yeah, it's Yeah. yeah. That's I kept probably we were sighting in my bow cuz it comes with like a little scope. So yeah. you need to adjust it so that it'll be correct and the thing that he has the target for practicing it's like a big square, but then mm-hmm. there's like these are where the lungs would be and where the heart would be, and like he had to put like a big tape over it so I wouldn't be focusing on that because I was like, uh-huh. oh, <laughs> it's lung. <laughs> no, is it like what is it like a deer or something? I don't know. I think it's just kind of a generic like big animal. This oh, is interesting. What you want to hit? Yeah. Um, which I'm like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Well, that's cool that you have a compact bow. Noted. Don't get on Laura's bad side. Dude, especially with the arrows that... You saw it. It hit the tree. (laughs) I did see it. (laughs) The arrows that he got me, like, he he was surprised. They're, like, they're sharp. They are meant to kill. They are hunting arrows. deep. Yeah. Into that tree. I was like, holy crap. I could kill. (laughs) From afar. That's great. Um, meanwhile, um, I'm here and I just had my global entry interview on Sunday, yesterday. So now that oh. I travel, because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be obviously traveling to Dominican Republic a couple, at least a couple times the next upcoming year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll make that whole process easier. So I got approved yes. for global entry and TSA pre-check. My dad did that and super glad that he did. Yeah. Yeah. No my regrets. my parents and my sister already did it and they were telling me about it. They're like, oh my gosh, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I finally did. Um, and if you can afford it, it's $100 for five years. So mm-hmm. it's like 20 bucks a year. If you can afford it, oh my god, and and you have international travel or you travel a lot, just do it. It's so worth it. Yeah. So so worth it. Um I'm also, you know, convincing Gavin. Gavin's really interested in doing it too. 
since he'll also be eventually traveling to the DR yes. next year with me. Otherwise, you're going to have to be waiting on him. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, for those that, that don't know, I'm going to have my wedding in the DR. Very exciting. Um, and it was really cute on the like Instagram Q&A that I had a few days ago. Um, somebody asked, like, are you going to have, like, you know, like, crystals and stuff yeah. as, your, as your theme? And I've totally thought about it. We're actually going with a different kind of theme, but crystals mm-hmm. are going to, I'm going to try to incorporate them in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have to be careful of not making things too witchy, of course, because um, right, super Latino Roman Catholic family. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll, pro- we'll probably have, like, a California reception. And I'll, maybe I'll use that theme for the California reception. Yeah. I yeah. like the theme that you guys are, are going with. I feel like, I mean, it's a wedding, so it's, it's a bit of both of you. Mm-hmm. As they should be. I think a lot of themes, it tends to be one person who kind of takes it over. Yeah. But. Yeah. That's why, I like, I've. Obviously, I've been pinning, thinking about my wedding for years or whatever, but I have always strayed away from, like, colors or themes and stuff because I always picture, like, that'll be really fun to discuss with my partner. Like, I want my partner to be for that and for it to represent my partner as well. Obviously, I was the one that put together, like, the presentation. All right, these are our three options. (laughs) And I discussed them with Gavin and, you know, got a feeling for which one he liked the most. And so... Obviously, we went for his favorite one. Yeah, I love that. Which I'll 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 reveal what that one is later once we you know get a little closer into yeah or deeper into planning. We're we're doing like light planning right now. We had the fun of putting together a registry, um, which was really funny because I had to convince Gavin repeatedly like, let's ask for nicer things. <laughs> Yeah. He was always, he was like, it was really cute. He's like, why do we need a four slice toaster? Let's just do two slice toaster. And I'm like, you don't go on your registry and ask for basic shit. (laughs) You're getting married. You're not going off to college. (laughs) (laughs) It was really cute because he's so frugal minded and just like very pragmatic and no frills when it comes to that stuff. And um, (laughs) I had to... You know, it was it was a it was a fun experience together. To I love that. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyways, let's get into this episode. Enough about us. Yes. We want to hear from you guys. Um, we've had quite a few entries. This is so many. I think this is the first um, listener stories episode where we're not sure if we're going to be able to read every ones that has no, submitted so far 20 there's 20 oh yeah no there's no i think way. we did like four last time <laughs> i know we like the sweet spot tends to be like six to eight depending on the length yeah you know so um if you don't hear your story in this episode hang tight for the november listener stories episode and you'll hear it then yeah we we won't like not read it and just be like fuck that one <laughs> we will. We'll get Didn't there. make the cut. <laughs> it will be read. Yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I have actually we're gonna do this in just kind of like first come, first serve, like order of submission. 
Yeah. And um, I'll kick things off. The very first one we have is actually a question. And it's from Elfman Adams. Um, he, him, his. And he says, Hi, I want to make a protection spell. And the recipe said to use Hawaiian black salt. But I was wondering if I can substitute that with pink Himalayan salt. Thank you for listening. Have a good day or night. And that's a really, you know, simple one. Um, I would say that any sort of black salt. I mean, we we just did the protection magic for beginners episode and we talked about um like which is black salt mm -hmm. black is is i think the reason why the recipe called for black like the hawaiian black salt is because of the color uh black is a very protective color it neutralizes negativity or absorbs it depending you know on um how you use it but um also just salt in general is really purifying so salt Salt is salt, exactly. Like, it doesn't have to be Hawaiian black salt. Mm -mm. It really doesn't. Um, if you want to use pink Himalayan salt, absolutely go for it. Maybe then work in the color black in some other way in the protection spell, but... Yeah. There's plenty of ways to get that in yeah. there. I mean... I mean... It, I'm trying to remember what we discussed. There's, if you have a cast iron skillet and there's any, like... Mm -hmm. Some stuff you can get off there. Yeah. Do that. You got a grill. It's just anything, mm -hmm. anything to make it black. Yeah. Anything because you're not ingesting this. No. So this is not. Yeah. So you could really put anything that will make the um, salt black. I think Hawaiian black salt is just black because of the mineral content makes mm -hmm. it appear black. Um, but even if you like mix up some salt with some charcoal. That works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think that's actually one of my favorite ways of doing a like protection salt is to have, you know, we've talked about all these different kind of witchy holidays and mm -hmm. how there's usually a bonfire involved that's meant for yeah. protection. Have a little fire safely, use those ashes and make your salt. Just kind of double up on the protection. Mm hmm. Not changing it. Like, I don't know what the spell is that you're um, looking into doing or, like, why the recipe calls for certain things. But, like, that's – that's why not? Yeah. I just really want you to light something on fire. <laughs> Safely. <laughs> yes. Let's have that little asterisk <laughs> at the end there. Safely. Yes. Cool. So you want to take on the next one? Yeah. I think this okay. one is also another question from Anon Anon. <laughs> Anon Anon. <laughs> Anon Anon. Uh, although Anon Anon is she, her, hers. All right. Uh, they write, hi, guys. Uh, they want to be kept anonymous. By all mm -hmm. means, I can't reveal you even if I wanted. Actually, I could, um, but I won't. <laughs> anyway, I'm obsessed. I just found your podcast and I love it so much. Keep up the fab work. I have a question. It might seem silly, but am I a witch? And if you think I am, what kind? Here's a bit about me. One, I have a strong connection with animals and elements. As a child, I was especially connected with air slash wind. As an adult, I discovered I'm an air sign. This makes a lot of sense to me. Two, I am a longtime believer in law of attraction, 15 plus years. 
and ha- was doing the practice uh, from before I knew it was called law of attraction. Mm-hmm. Three, I'm also religious as well as spiritual. I believe massively in angels. I do angel tarot. Number four, paranormal experiences are very common, normal, and exciting in my family. Uh, Additionally, I've had predictions, felt spirits, had a visitation dream, and seen energy, which I believe to have been angel energy. Mm. Five, I occasionally sage. I like crystals. I write. I create music. And six, my family are all very similar to me, especially the women. Healers, empath predictions, ghosts, crystals, sage, etc. It might sound very obvious, but I know very little about witchcraft. It's all just natural, instinctive things that I do. I remember as a child that there was a, a huge, very old book in my house an old of old witchcraft. My dad had bought it at a charity shop, apparently. I could never go near it. A family member was going through it once, and I peered over their shoulder and saw a Ouija board. I was young, but I knew the vibe of this book was a no-no. I never went near it, and in time made my mom get rid of it because it was letting off such bad energy. I don't know what that means. Does it mean I'm not a witch, just very spiritual? Sorry for the longest email. It's been on my mind for ages, and I'd love to know the answer. Would love your help figuring this out. Thank you, Anonymous. Anon, Anon Anonymous, I have some very good news for you. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a witch, you are a witch. Yep. Plain and simple. I wouldn't read into signs of if you are or not. If you feel that you're drawn to it, then yes. One thousand percent. What it sounds like is she's definitely intuitive. Absolutely. Yeah. You have some clear abilities for sure. Yeah. You have abilities. You and I think too, there may even be more than what's listed here. But if this is what you're going to for thinking that you might be a witch, you got a lot to go on. Mm-hmm. Um so by all means, I I I one, yes, if you think you're a witch, you're a witch. But two, in terms of what kind, that's entirely up to you. Yeah. And that's one, because I, I don't think that anyone is like born a certain kind of witch. It can fluctuate. It can change. Mm-hmm. It's fluid. Um, yeah. You and especially if it's newer to you, you have to get into it and feel what feels right for you. And then you can create what kind of witch you are because you might be a mix of different kinds Mm -hmm. Um, because it kind of sounds like you might be but you're at kind of an exciting point where you have all this background but maybe the witch part is very new and so it's very exciting you have a journey ahead of you yeah um I absolutely echo that and I also want, I think I, we had a a similar-ish question or story in our last listener episode, but I do want to reiterate, because I said this last time, and I'll say it Mm -hmm. here again. You do not have to have any sort of, like, intuitive abilities, paranormal abilities, have had paranormal experiences to be a witch. Right. And you do not... (laughs) And if you do have those, you do not have to identify as a witch. No. The two are not mutually exclusive. Um, I want to make that super, super clear. That you do not have to have any sort of clear abilities 
to be a witch. I find that so many people get really discouraged because they've never experienced the paranormal or they, they're not maybe super intuitive at all, but they're interested, but they feel like they won't be welcome because they don't feel legit. And I think we and, have Hollywood to thank for that. Oh, absolutely. And this, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just bullshit, okay? It's just, yeah. that's what it is, is um, it's bullshit. <laughs> and um, just as Laura said, like, you have a journey ahead of you. I, it sounds like you're, you're I don't want to call it a practice, but at least your lifestyle is very eclectic, spiritually yeah. speaking. So maybe if you want to identify as an eclectic witch, um, I don't. I say you never have to have a label to start out, or even ever. But if you really, really like labels, um, eclectic is a good place to start because it gives you the freedom to explore. So continue to keep an open mind. Um, delve deeper into, like, lean into these abilities maybe a little more. Um, it sounds like you're really in tune with the elements, elements with it, which is really, really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, for sure, you're a witch. Don't ever doubt that if that's how you want to identify, of course. And um, yeah, no, you and you sound super cool, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> I want to know about I want you to write back in. I want to hear about the story of you seeing this energy and you you believing that it was an angel energy. Um, that sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I would lean into do a lot of research, look into all different kinds, even if you don't think you resonate with it, just read a little bit about it just to know mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. 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 Like, just like, um, you know, when you go to college and you take like world religions, yes, you subscribe maybe to if you're religious, you subscribe to a religion, but that doesn't mean you cannot learn and you know, learn and be open to other religions. Um, yeah. So you may have like whatever you identify with and whatever you know is like your jam, but it is, it always makes a more holistic and well-rounded witch, I'd say, when you're mm-hmm. aware of the community that surrounds you. Aware and even just having respect for. Mm, exactly. Definitely. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Thank right, you, Anonymous. Cool. Thank you. Um, next, I have a story from Megan. She, her, hers. Megan says, hello, lovelies. I freaking adore your podcast. You guys do such a great job and you're hysterical. I always burst out laughing when I listen. Keep up the great work. P.S. I, n- I now have to keep the hallway light on when I go to bed because your paranormal episode, <laughs> your paranormal episodes are <laughs> freaky, man. <laughs> lol so let me start off by giving a little background information my parents both travel for work so when my mom got pregnant with twins at 39 my older cousin moved in with us as a live-in nanny we became extremely close and we consider each other as a sister so i will refer to her as such love that i also have cousins that i feel like are my sisters and brothers so yeah love that She and I shared a lot of the responsibility of taking care of my younger three siblings while my parents were at work. One night, my best friend and I were having a sleepover, and my friend was helping me get my little twin brothers ready for bed. She was sitting on one of their beds while I got them in their jammies, and she looked into the hallway and said, Who was that? 
I responded, who? I was confused because she knows my whole family. She proceeded to describe an old lady with white curly hair wearing a teal jumpsuit. That's interesting. um, (laughs) Who walked down the hall towards my older sister's room. Both of us completely freaked out and screamed for my old sis- older sister, who came running to ask what was the matter. My best friend described what she saw to her. My sister went completely silent. My sister goes to her room and grabs a photograph from her closet of her grandma, who we do not share, who passed away several years ago. My friend went white and said, oh my gosh, that's the older woman I saw. We were all in shock. My older sister then explained that one of her favorite colors to wear was teal. Of course, all of us were freaked out, yet oddly comforted, and imagined my sister's grandma was watching over us. In the coming months, we would experience some more negative activity, and we now think that her grandma was truly there to watch over us. More stories to come. Meg. Ooh, I got chills. Teal jumpsuit. I'm imagining (laughs) just like this poof of curly hair. Yes iconic and like one of those like 80s like 1980s jumpsuits you know yes yes oh my god (laughs) i love that yes i love that very much looking forward to hearing more stories from you and how nice was it to, to have to know that you know you had a loved one watching over you especially if negative shit started going down yeah later on yeah Well, thank you for your story, Megan. We loved it. Can't wait to hear more. So this one, this is a listener story from Lexi, she, her, hers. And she says, I would like to start off with letting you both know that I adore your podcast. I'm a new listener to the New Witches podcast, but when you both talk, share stories, and spread knowledge, I feel like I've known you both for a long time. You have created a space that is safe, educational, and and fun to be a part of. Thank you both for this podcast, Little White Heart. Now that I've gotten the sappy bit out of the way, I'll be sharing my first paranormal encounter that I have a vivid memory of. Silly ghost face. (laughs) I I love how you're describing the emojis. Keep going. (laughs) I think there's only one more. It's important to know that I came from a home that was religiously diverse, a secular Jewish mom and a sometimes Christian dad, but neither parents were tied down to any specific religious beliefs or the afterlife. Star, star, star. It was a chilly autumn day, and I was looking out of the window that was in our small makeshift dining room. I couldn't wait to go back outside to continue playing and talking to the trees. I was a bit annoyed that my mom called me in to have some lunch. After all, I was having an awesome conversation with my favorite tree in the backyard. (laughs) Ooh, I started to smell tomato soup and a whiff of grilled cheese being cooked up. (laughs) Hey! Oh my gosh! And my sour mood instantly changed into one of happiness. We understand. Oh, yeah, we do. (laughs) My favorite autumn meal was being cooked by my mom, who knew how to get the bread of the grilled cheese sandwich just right. Mm. Side note, Disneyland trick. Don't use butter. Use mayo. Oh, interesting. I learned it from Disneyland. Yep. Anyway. Nice. (laughs) <laughs> we moved to the small dining room table. My back was to the kitchen and the basement. My mom, my back was to the kitchen and the basement. My mom seated across from me. I picked up my sandwich and took a large bite out of it. I couldn't help but smile at my mom. She always knew how to cheer me up. 
I was thinking a bunch of thoughts while eating my sandwich and soup. What were my friends doing outside? When can I go to school like my big sister? What is my tree doing right now? (laughs) I wonder what the leaves feel when they fall down from the trees. I was and still am a very deep thinker. (laughs) I'm a Virgo. What else can you expect of me? Yep. There you go. I get it. In mid-thought, I felt a cold sensation come into the room, which was odd because it was only chilly outside, not cold. Plus, our windows and doors were shut. The coldness shifted into something else, though. It was not a normal kind of cold. I knew in that moment something else was happening, but I was five years old and didn't know exactly what this feeling meant. I suddenly felt a presence in our home of someone or something that was not there before. With my sandwich in hand, I turned around, and there they were. Three men, all dressed differently, walking out from my kitchen behind me and then to the front door. Oh, my God. My mom must have noticed. I had an odd, almost startled look on my face, and she said, Lex, what's wrong, honey? Please just eat. I looked and I looked. I looked her in the (laughs) eyes and said, people, men are in our house. She jumped up looking around for an intruder. I could tell she was now frightened. Lexi, what men? I don't see any men. They walked up from the basement, I think, mom. I saw them in the kitchen, though. Then they walked behind me and out the front door. There were three of them, I replied. I noticed her eyes filled with fear again. I remember thinking to myself, geez, mom, they left. Why are you so worked up? (laughs) She slowly sat down across from me again, and she said, were they were the they bad people or good people? I replied with, I think they were bad when they were alive, but I think all that changes when we die. She asked me not to tell my father about what I saw that day. She said he would get angry and not understand. I told her that I wouldn't tell him, and I began to finish my now cold sandwich and freezing soup. After I ate everything but the crust of my grilled cheese, I asked, can I go back outside and play with the trees, Mom? She nodded slowly and said, sure, sweetie. Little did I know this would not be my last paranormal experience. An add-on to the story is when I became an adult, I learned that my mom once had the ability to see spirits with her eyes. Mm but she was so frightened by this gift as a child that she forced herself to believe they weren't real and eventually she stopped seeing spirits altogether. I also learned that my grandmother had the same gift, but it was sadly not looked at as a gift in her household and she was oftentimes beaten for it. Oh my gosh. She no longer speaks about seeing spirits. It's too hard for her. I can't help but wonder though, when did this start in my family and why Mm -hmm. were only the women able to see spirits? Questions I have, but probably won't receive answers for anytime soon. I hope you all enjoyed my paranormal story time. I have a few more I can share with you all in the future, but I thought it was fitting to start with my first one. Blessings, Lex. Love that story. There's so many aspects of that that I love. I mean, I don't love that they were potentially bad men in their... But I love what she noted. That they were probably bad when they were alive, mm-hmm. but that she doesn't think that that carries over when you die. And there are a lot of mediums who speak to that, who say, yeah, you're not the same person after you die. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, can I just say, like, you were the most adorable child. Like, 
talking to the trees and wondering what leaves felt like when they fell. Oh my God. Like I'm almost crying. (laughs) And I I do have to say, like she points out that's a Virgo thing. It truly is. I myself and other Virgos I've known, I've had like similar stories of like our childhoods of like sitting alone, talking to nature in some manner or like an inanimate, something that a kid, another kid wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. I, I feel you, Lex, and I like it, too. Wow. Well, I'm also excited to hear more of your paranormal experiences. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. All right. This next story is from Heather. She, her, hers. Heather says, I would like to share a local, to me, true crime story. My family knows this family personally as the father, Milo, was my stepfather's boss and the son, Paul, was my piano teacher. Oh, wow. Super close. Um, this story was also aired on Snapped on Oxygen. Ooh. Ooh. Let me the tell you, famous. we don't often get a true crime story from our Listener Stories episode, so I'm super excited. I mean, you know. It's true crime. Albeit, so it's albeit that it's true crime, but. Let's let's get into it. All right. This took place in Jerome County, Idaho. Milo and Sandra Ross had been married for some time over a decade and had had two children together. Although Sandra left the LDS church as an adult, saying it was all witchery, but her son Paul wanted to go and Milo supported him. They would sneak off to go to church as much as they could. This caused many arguments and just added stress to what was already a failing marriage. Milo wanted a divorce, but Sandra was still in love with him and didn't want to give in. In 1997, Milo met Meta Jones during the difficult divorce and a whirlwind romance began. Meta ended up needing a place to stay in 1998, and Milo allowed her to move into a spare room in her basement. Or his basement? No, her basement? Anyways, fast forward to October 23rd, 1998. Milo and Meta become engaged. They couldn't be happier and had the truest of love. On October 25th, the family would find themselves in the most horrific situation. It was a Sunday morning and the family was preparing for a celebration dinner for Paul, who was leaving for an LDS mission. Meta told Milo and Paul to go ahead and she would meet them after she got the roast started. She never showed up during the service. Oh, after church, when Paul and Milo returned home, the house smelled of burnt food and heavy chemicals. They searched the house but couldn't find Meta. Milo called the police to report her missing. When the police arrived, they found a bullet hole in the wall and a small amount of blood spatter. Oh my god. The rug under the table, as well as Meta's bed, was also missing. Oh, that's weird. They took a they took the bed and the rug? Oh, it's very. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. They talked with Milo and Paul and when asked if anyone else was in the house, they let them know that the daughter, Andra, was in bed sick that day. When the family was getting ready to leave to stay at a hotel due to the house being a crime scene, it's reported that she wouldn't make eye contact with detectives and asked if she could drive her own pickup. I'm assuming that she's talking about Andra. Mm -hmm. The detectives refused since it was part of the crime scene and they left for the night. 
The following day, investigators found another clue in Andrew's pickup. Quote, it looked like blood had run out of the bed of the truck and was dried on the back bumper, unquote. Um, this was quoted from Detective Shatter Shatterton. The case took a crazy turn when Sandra's mother called and let the police know that she thought her daughter had done something to Meta. Sandra had told her mother. Wait, is it Sandra or Andra? Maybe she meant maybe she meant Sandra. So Sandra's the sus suspicious one is the suspect, I'm assuming. Okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of um uh, <laughs> names here, so I'm just going to read it as is. So okay. Sandra had told her mother that she still loved her ex-husband and had never accepted the divorce. Milo's engagement, quote, flipped the switch, so to speak, and she went crazy. Okay, so yeah, Sandra. Detectives searched Sandra's storage unit once they got word that Sandra was found with a gun that Sunday morning. They found the missing bed and a bunch of cleaning supplies that had dried blood on them. Well, that explains the smell of the chemicals. Mm -hmm. When police finally talked with Sandra, she explained that her mother needed help to grab some stuff that was left there from before the divorce. She hurt. Oh, my God. OK, let me get this straight. So. Sandra. Andra is Sandra's daughter. I'm so confused. Am I the only one having trouble with this? No, I'm I'm with you. Okay. So while police finally talked with Andra, she explained that her mother needed help to grab some stuff that was left there from before the divorce. She heard Sandra screaming with Meta and was sent to the basement to give them privacy. Andra then heard two gunshots and went to investigate. Okay, so Sandra and Andra are two different people. Gotcha. She saw her future stepmother on the floor wrapped in the dining room rug. Sandra forced her daughter to help load the body into Andra's pickup and take her to a close-by canal. Sandra then pulled out a hunting knife and had her daughter help her cut off Meta's head. Holy fuck. Jesus Christ. They threw both the body and the head in the canal. Sandra thought that the head would float further down, but instead it had sunk to exactly the spot they threw it. Andra was arrested but only served a few years. Sandra Jonas was sentenced to 25 years and will be eligible for parole in 2023. Oh, that's coming up. This story was extreme for this town and was talked about for years. Thanks for reading. Holy crap. I mean, I can understand if that happened here. That's an, that is really extreme. Yeah. Like, that's a real grisly murder. And also, like, oh, for the mom to force her daughter to help her cover up the murder. I just. I think that's the murderer. It's shiny. I'll put her face on yours. Wait, what? Oh. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Wild. Wow. Oh, Thank you so much for writing that in, Heather. Um, we don't get, as I said, true crime stories very often. So that was very intriguing to listen to. Okay. 
next one, it's a listener story from Brittany G. She, her, hers. She writes, hello, ladies. I'm writing to share an experience I had while doing a guided meditation that spooked me and had me nervous Mm. to try meditating with my eyes closed again. I was laying on my bedroom floor to the left of my bed in corpse pose with an eye pillow on. With my headphones in the guided guided meditation began to repeat positive mantras to tell yourself. The mantras were lapping over each other like a whirlpool of positive affirmations when I felt a presence in my room. My body was still laying flat on the ground, though. Now I opened my eyes wide with the eye pillow slowly sliding off my face. My body was in what felt like sleep paralysis. I could feel something on the other side of my bed and saw it in my mind. Mm. It's common for me to see things slash have visions while meditating, but I had yet to have seen something in the same setting I was in. It was a creature hunched over with huge golden eyes and batched fur. If y'all have ever seen Harry Potter 3, it was like the werewolf Lupin, but a smaller version and in my bedroom. Oh, The creature was low energy and almost frightened. Then, if that shit wasn't enough, I hear a voice. Whoa. A strong male voice coming from the ceiling, clear as day, it told me, You foolish child. That was foolish. (laughs) What a word. The diction. Excellent. (laughs) Yes. Now, my ass had slash has never heard something so clear before knowing it was not a physical being. (sighs) I was finally able to jump off the ground, turn on all the lights, and continued to be spooked by this encounter. Not soon after, I messaged a group chat where I felt they might have some answers and not be completely weirded out by my experience. There was a lot of talk about how this creature could have been a smaller version of myself or a part of me uh, kept in the dark and the repeating of positive mantras almost threw it out of me. Hmm. It was also discussed that the male voice could have represented what male figures have said to me as a child i would love to get y'all's feedback slash thoughts i loved listening to every episode and connecting with y'all just through the podcast thank y'all for the work and amazing energy you put into what you're doing happy spooky season thanks Brittany. spooky season um well i've had not super similar experiences but experiences where you are into in like a deep meditation trance Mm -hmm. almost i think that's when you're super super deep you might have experiences like this a lot of people will have more like astral experiences where maybe they do go someplace else if you're in the same room that doesn't mean that it's not also an astral dream or a trance type medic meditation Mm -hmm. um it's entirely possible to be in the same room. And that says more about where you are in your present mind or depending on where your location is. If you have a lot of history there, it could go further back than that. But generally, I would say it's probably where you are right now, um, mentally and emotionally and whatnot. Um, I like that you described that this creature was, oh, where was the word? The batched fur. The batched fur. Like you you could see what they look like, but that they were low energy and almost like uh, they were frightened. Yeah. You know, like you would think mm-hmm. some sort of creature would be 
super scary, but it's, it wasn't, it sounds like it wasn't there to scare you, but maybe was there to represent something. Um, yeah. So I think the line of thinking that was suggested is totally worth investigating and journaling on, you know, if you're mm -hmm. up for it, maybe try getting back in that meditation. Um, if you feel that you're safe enough to do so and see what that might be about. Um, because I find that in those deep meditations, that's usually it's your subconscious or higher self trying to speak to you about something. Yep. That's exactly what I was going to say. That sounds so much like your higher self really coming through in that meditation. Um, yeah, I feel like, especially with the whole feeling of the sleep paralysis, I think that really feels to or speaks to it being kind of like or like a borderline astral experience. Um, maybe you are still like tied to your body because obviously you're like aware that you're not able to move however you're able to see these things and experience them. Um, and I, definitely the you foolish child that that strong male voice. I mean, I will obviously like disclaim we are not, you know, professional psychologists or anything. But I find it very interesting that it was suggested that that could represent maybe, you know, the male figures in your life and how they treated you um, and how they made you feel. So, yeah, just like what Laura said, like, that's a great, I think, journey to kind of investigate into more if you're comfortable with it. Yeah, definitely get a journal. I would focus on that. Focus on what men have said to you growing up just the phrase you foolish child and just mm -hmm. just write down whatever comes to you you don't even have to it doesn't have to make sense it doesn't have to um just literally anything that comes to your mind when you're focused on it get into like a light meditation and do that um i think that'll help reveal what that might mean all right um so next we have a question this is from dawn she her hers and Dawn asks, um, I have questions with making moon water. One, so after it's set out all night, once it's in the house, should it be kept out of the like sunlight then also? So like not somewhere in the house where a sun where sun can hit it through a window. I'll take this one. Gavin. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Get out. You're doing so well sitting next to me and being quiet. I just wanted a question. That was all. You wanted a question? Yeah, Don, thank you so much for writing in. Um, <laughs> I just wanted a brief answer here. Um, if you don't use it all, can you just add water and let it set it on again? No, it needs to be vacuum Gap. sealed. <laughs> um, that's, that's question three. So vacuum sealed. You just totally skipped question number two. I gotta go. I'm really hungry. So <laughs> Don just wanted to thank you again and see you next time. All right. Well, my apologies, Don. <laughs> you can absolutely just nix everything that Gavin just said. Um, okay. So her first question being, um, do you have to keep it? out of sunlight once it's been charged under the moon two does it expire and three if you don't use it all can you just add water to it and set it out again and recharge it um so 
for the first question. This is something that is very highly debated because there's some who believe that you need to wake up before the crack of dawn so that no sunlight hits it and, you know, to keep it like in your fridge where it doesn't sit in any direct light. Mm -hmm. And then other witches, they're like, whatever, it's been charged under the moon and it's not like the sunlight cancels out all of that energy and they just, you know, bring it back into the house in the morning. Um, What's interesting about moon water and especially if you pay attention to what astrological sign the moon is in at the time and what phase it's in too because you don't have to wait for a full moon to make moon water it can be under any kind of moon uh phase is it's going to be charged with the intention of that phase of the moon as well as that astrological sign um and it's going to go for, like, the, the moon cycle. Does it expire? I mean, there is a school of thought that when you charge things with anything, that over time, if you don't revisit it and, like, recharge it somewhat or, like, reset your intentions, that it does fade. Which I personally agree with. I think it depends on, like, how long you let it sit there. If you don't use it all, can you just add water to it and set it out again to recharge it? Absolutely. Like, moon water is one of those things I feel, I don't know about you, Laura, but I feel like is one of the first steps that people take into practicing witchcraft. They hear about it. It's a very, like, romantic notion. Um... And it's something that is very simple, too. It's very easy to do. You just set out a jar of water, let it charge overnight, and then you use it in some, you can use it in so many different ways. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too hung up on, like, the technicalities of it. I guess everyone is making moon water, and I feel like most people have no idea why they're doing it. Yeah. They're doing it because they feel like they have to. I'm not saying that's that's you, Dawn. I just like in general, I feel that's everyone's making fucking moon water. And mm-hmm. I totally get charging it kind of like, you know, with your crystals or rocks or whatever you yeah. want to call them. But yeah. at the same time, these are both things that are from the earth that are already. And this is my personal opinion. They're already from the earth. They already have a charge. They have a very earthly charge depending on the water source it has it has existed under the sun under the moon for longer than you can probably think of and if you want to charge it with you know a particular moon cycle go mm-hmm. for it i don't think it needs to follow any strict rules but to yeah. me i do believe that once something is charged it's just charged and i feel like water is it's anciently charged and it's more connected to life and energy than we give it credit for so yeah it's it really is i think moon water is one of those things that you you have to figure out what it means to you before you start looking into like the rules of it and and also what you believe because obviously that's where me and laura differ like for me i feel like my intention or like my charge on something can fade and i like to revisit it if i want it to keep working for me right Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to moon water for me personally, I don't follow the whole it can't touch sunlight thing, whatever. It's 
you know, I put it out to be moon water. It's moon water. Okay. <laughs> and I generally feel like for me, at least when I make moon water, I try to use it and think of the intention of it throughout the moon cycle. And then it resets when it starts anew. But again, that's totally up to you. Like there's so many different ways that you can use moon water. You can also like make sun water too. Like that's the thing. Like people, mm -hmm. you can set out um, water in the sun and have intention for that, you know, and charge it under the sun. So it, it really depends on you, what you believe in, what feels right. Um, yeah, it's not like, I, I don't think moon water is like a vampire where it's magical properties like fizzle and burst into flames once it yeah. hits the sunlight, you know, I think. Because just you got to also remember, you know, the light that's directed from the moon is, is from, from the, the sun. sun. <laughs> so like it's the same light. It's just having a different experience, I guess, mm -hmm. making its way to Earth. And likewise, sometimes when it's daytime, you see the fucking moon like, yeah, there it's. Don't overthink it. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people overthink it. Very similarly yeah. to like the whole, I want to get a tarot deck, but I heard they have to be gifted it or else it's bad luck. Oh you're God, like no, your first deck. It. Just do it. Like, yeah, what's going to happen it. if you don't? I mean, I just, I think everyone needs to have a little bit of that like chaotic mind. <laughs> I'm just going to try it. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. Be open to mistakes. Be open to relearning. But like, just do it. See what happens. So, Dawn, I hope you continue to make lots of moon water um, and also look into the all the very fun different ways that you can use moon water because it's not just like drinking it. You know, you can obviously pour it into other beverages. You can create like a mist with it. You can like wash your face with it. It's just like all these different things you can use. Um, you can also have fun, you know, setting it out with crystals and it's almost like you're creating your own mystical cocktail, more or less, um, when you think of uh, whatever phase of the moon it, it's under, if you're also accounting for it, the astrological sign, and then also whatever influence, if you choose to do the whole crystal charging too with it, um, whatever properties those crystals have. So just have fun with it and don't stress about it too much. Yeah. All right. Agreed. Maybe this will be our last one. Okay. This one is a listener question. It seems very long, um, but it is from Anon T. They write Anon T, but they do write a name at the end. Yes, we um we're going to honor the Anon. Just. I know you signed it, but we'll go with Anon. Let us know if you want to be revealed. At least by first name. We'll literally just post in the stories. Y'all, it was. And then your name. Um, but this is a listener question from she, her, hers, Anonti. Uh, she writes, hey, witches. First, I wanted to say that I love your podcast, particularly the ethical witchcraft episodes. I have some pretty sensitive questions that I was wondering if you would be able to offer any advice on. Trigger warning. These stories involve an unexpected death by car accident and the shooting of a child. Thank you for that trigger warning. It's appreciated. So my close childhood friend of 25 years was killed in a car accident last October. I'm so sorry. My friend adored children and her one wish in life was to be a mother. 
The baby that she prayed for was only six months old when she was killed. Both were in the car, but the baby survived. Obviously, it was a devastating blow to her tightly knit family, her new husband, and the church she was very involved in. She was entering the phase of life that she always longed for. She had just recently stood, we had just recently stood in each other's wedding, and she was starting her own happy little family. I visit her grave anytime I'm in her area, share tacos and sweet tea with her, and take care of any plants that her family had left for her. The last time I visited her, I let her know that she will always be welcomed in my home and that death will never put an end to our friendship. I made it very clear that I was only inviting my friend and that no one else was allowed. Soon after, things became very wrong in my house. I battled with depression, and the dark cloud that filled my home was suffocating. My husband and I, who normally have a very healthy relationship, had the most awful and frightening fight that we've ever had, and I don't even remember what sparked it. I don't know what else to say other than things were desperately wrong. Uh... Dreadful and frightening. Okay, yes. Why did it look like a period to me? (laughs) I am an empath and pretty sensitive, but I had never felt a more dreadful presence. I cleansed the house of any negativity and things immediately became better. I thought that perhaps even though I had stated my intention that only my friend was allowed, something else had slipped in. However, something in me also thought maybe that was my friend. My friend was always smiling. She was the sweetest and most bubbly person that I knew, but she was going through the unimaginable. Her dreams were taken from her, and now perhaps she was also dealing with the reality that the afterlife wasn't what she expected. As I said, she was very religious. I recently spoke with another childhood friend who was a witch about this, and her intuition told her that the negative presence was my friend before I mentioned that this was something I also suspected. Of course, now I also feel wretched. Of course, now I feel wretched that I invited my friend in and then kicked her out unknowingly. I really want to help her. My witchy friend said that she may be having a difficult time accepting her new reality and moving on. I really want to help her, but I'm unsure how. Do you two have any experience or advice in helping my friend's spirit move on? I planted some aloe vera on her grave to help ease her spirit, but I know she needs more. Do you have any advice? The second question that I have involves the shooting of a child. I can't go into detail just yet, but a teenage boy was shot and thrown from a vehicle earlier this year, and my husband and I ran to aid. Oh my god. I held my hands over the bullet wound and applied pressure until EMS arrived to try to stop the bleeding and tried my best to comfort him and keep him in this world, but unfortunately he did not survive. Of course, I can't imagine the pain his family must be dealing with. The way that the case was handled by the police was infuriating, and I deal with so much guilt and questioning of whether there was something more I could have done, but my question today is for something small. I wonder if you have any idea on why my arms were so sore the night and day following. I literally could not move them and want to know what may have caused this. Could this have been psychological or spiritual? This is small, and there's a lot more serious that needs to be addressed, but this was this has just been very confusing and strange to me, and I wonder if you have any ideas. Thank you again for your beautiful podcast and for reading my novel. Sorry it was so long. I'm planning on becoming a Patreon once things are a little bit more stable for my husband and me. I wish all of the best things for you and yours. You are truly beautiful people. Again, thank you. Thank you. Okay. So that's a lot that you've been through. 
Um, Man, yeah. I mean, first and foremost, you know, everyone's opinion, I think, is going to differ when it comes to the afterlife because we're all Mm. living. Mm -hmm. Um, And we all have different lenses that we view it with. I think you obviously were probably going through quite a bit of grief during that time period. Um, Your friend, maybe there was some residual um, grief that she was experiencing after she passed. Mm -hmm. From what I've understood, most people, when they pass, leave kind of those human experiences here because the afterlife is a very positive experience. So I would assume that once someone is taken to the other side, they are in a good place. They are happy. They're loved. Um, but there could be some residual energy left behind from what they felt as they passed. Um, I think, you know, whether it was your friend um, or even a mix of your friend and you kind of in a grief, mm-hmm. any kind of grief can spark arguments. Yeah. With the significant other. I mean, mm-hmm. my own husband and I, we never fight, but we went through a period of being very short with one another, which is very not like us um, when we dealt with our bad news. And there's a lot of power behind energy and what's going on in life. So I think there was probably multiple things at play in that mm-hmm. situation. I mean, what do you think? <sighs> yeah. Um, honestly, very similarly. Um... It it could be your friend. It could also just be the I'm sh- I'm I can only imagine is insurmountable grief. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we experience such intense things, similarly when we talk about like poltergeist and how yeah. it usually happens when you know with teenagers in the house because they're very emotionally volatile with all their hormones mm-hmm. when you're feeling such extreme things i'm a big believer that sometimes that feeling and that energy can take on a life of its own you know we've talked about chaos yeah. magic as well and that's part of that belief in you know in that school of thought is that what we're feeling or our intentions for things can often take a life of their own if they are charged that like strongly charged Mm -hmm. um if it was your friend now i'm not saying it was because i i do not know it could be so many different things Mm -hmm. um but i know personally for me when i was having a lot of paranormal experiences and it was scary for me not because those presences were bad but just unfamiliar like I knew it was a spirit of something I just didn't know that wasn't a family member or anything, right? And something that brought me comfort, if you so believe in this, you know, if not everyone believes in going towards a light, that there's a light when we pass on before we enter the true like afterlife. If you do believe in that, it helped me to communicate with those um presences that you know, to acknowledge that they are there. Um, but you know, that if they see a light to go towards it, like go towards love, um, go towards healing, whatever it is for me, I said, like, go towards the light, go to where it's warm. Um, unfortunately this is not the place for you. 
And you can say it in a loving way, not like you're unwelcome, (laughs) (laughs) but just like, you know, I know you're here, but you're not really supposed to be here. If, you know, if, if, if what your goal is, is to try to get this presence to move on. Um, Mm. and if it, especially if it's your friend, you, you do want her to move on. Um, continually just, you know, you can say it out loud for me. It was enough to say it just in my head. Um, and that brought me comfort. And eventually the presences dissipated after doing that Mm -hmm. for a bit. That's my experience. Um, I don't know what you believe, but that might help you. The second question about the soreness in your arms, I'm going to say just first off, you held this boy for a very intense moment of his life. And when we're experiencing that, I'm sure you are really, really tense. This might not be what you want to hear, but it could just be that when you are holding on to him and pressing down on that wound, and for however many minutes it took for EMS to get there, that your arms are really just sore from that physical exertion. Um, as someone who is like CPR certified and has had to perform CPR on one person, that experience can be very traumatic and it also is physically exhausting. It's so physically exhausting. Um, so it could just be something completely physiological rather than spiritual or psychological. And, or maybe it's all three. Um, I would say if it continues to be an issue, if it's really persistent, get it checked out by a doctor. Um, you might be like carrying tension from all that you've been through and, you know, if, especially if you carry it in your back or in your shoulders, it can just strike a literal nerve and shoot down your arms. So I want you to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and that you rule that out. Right. Um, what I was going to say, too, about the with the arms, any sort of um, injury or trauma or anything that involves any of your body parts you do hold tenseness you do hold um that energy from that like not even in a witchy way just literally talking to a doctor will probably say the same thing um you're it i would 100 percent put it on that it was something physical from that experience because that's a traumatic experience Mm -hmm. your brain goes into one mode of thinking and that's what is the task that i'm on right now it's not thinking about anything else. It's not t- thinking about your own survival. It's on what the task at hand is. And that was involving your arms. Um, so everything that Maria said, um, if it is something that's ongoing, obviously get that checked out. I don't know that you said that it was just that night and the day following. That would make so much sense. Yeah. Um, as someone who gets injured all the time. Or goes through something, you know, where one body part is involved, but another one isn't. There is also, I don't, th- like, I'm. this is taking it too far, but, like, a lot of people, not a lot of people, a lot of doctors are beginning to think that fibromyalgia uh, is caused by trauma. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that, I'm not saying that's what you have. I'm saying yeah. that our body and our minds and our emotions are very intertwined. Uh, so I wouldn't put it past 
you know, even if it was just emotionally difficult, that that would show up in your arms. Yeah, um, absolutely. So psychological, physical, I would think for that. Wow. Um, so many amazing, excellent stories, questions of so many different kinds, like the variety in this episode. We just thank everybody that writes in. Um, we feel so honored that you seek us out for this advice. Um, and I mean, obviously, please note that we're not therapists and we're not doctors, um, but we will always encourage you guys to take care of yourselves um, and do what's best for you, what feels most right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. Just thank you, everybody, for your questions and stories. Yeah, we love hearing. We love connecting. Um, and we, we are so excited to have so many more mm -hmm. for next time because we didn't even get halfway through, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. So we apologize to those um, whose stories and questions we didn't get to yet. We will feature you in our November listeners episode, um, listener stories episode. Um, so if you would like to, obviously, like, please don't be shy about submitting stories. Um, we love hearing from you guys. If you'd like your story or question to be featured on a future listener stories episode, uh, there's a few ways to do that. You can go to our website, thenewwitches.com and go to our contact page. We have a submission form there. Um, we can also, you know, have your stories just emailed to us directly. So our email is thenewwitches at gmail.com. And lastly, um, you can call it in. We have a Google voicemail box set up. Um, the phone number for that is 707-559-8111. Um, don't be shy. You don't have to talk to anybody. It just goes straight to voicemail when you call. And um, it gives you three minutes to leave your uh, story or question. And what's cool about calling in your submission is that we actually download that audio file and then feature it on the episode so your voice will be featured. So understand that when you do call in, we won't just read the transcription, we'll actually feature your voice and everything. Um, so yeah, again, the phone number <coughs> for that is 707-559-8111. Thank you so much for listening to our listener stories. I'm Maria. I'm Laura. And you've been listening to The New Witches. A few ways to connect with us. Follow us on social media at The New Witches pretty much everywhere. Um, and please subscribe to our podcast. And it would be so amazing if you could rate and review, um, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or whatever other listening platform you're using right now. Uh, we would really appreciate it. It really does help um, other people find us and tell your friends and family about us too. Um, another amazing and great way to support us is finding us on Patreon. Uh, become a patron of the podcast. Find us on patreon.com slash the new witches. And as a patron, you will be given exclusive benefits, including readings, um, bonus episodes being added to our close friends list. So you'll see exclusive um, Instagram story content, and you will also be added to our private patrons only 
Facebook group where you can connect to other fans of the show. We even hop on there sometimes, so you might hear from us too. Um, actually, you'll most likely hear from us. <laughs> we <laughs> we hop on there um, often and love seeing, you know, our our patrons interacting with each other and a great great space to connect with other witches or other you know people who are interested in all these topics that we cover. Um, yeah, that's about it. Do we have any? Any um, announcements? I don't think so. Um, okay. Today, the day that this is being released, we also have our spooky episode. Yeah. So that's where I think any announcements or shout outs mm-hmm. will be. Yeah. So any Patreon shout outs will be on our um, normal episode. And I'll be covering true crime. Laura has paranormal. So it'll be a real good time, um, especially with the spooky season. Get Get your spook on. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Stay witchy. Keep it creepy. Bye. Bye.